I, you know, used to, I used to say, not that I have any experiences, I might add straight away, of uh, when women put makeup on. <laughs> I knew you were going to say thought, that. Yeah, you knew I was going to say that. <laughs> but I used, to, I used to talk about this when I was at shows because you had a lot of ladies and they understood what I was talking about. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. And welcome everyone to episode 73. How are you today? Uh, I'm all right. Not a rain out here today. <laughs> Straight onto the weather. Yes. <laughs> well, it's not raining down uh, up here in London. No. Oh, well, it's raining down in Broadstairs. Yeah. Had to have brawly up today. I went out to post all these parcels we keep sending off. There's lots going on. There's so much we've, we've got to talk uh, about today. We've had a really, really good week this week. Thank you, folks. Yeah, just posting a, a lovely status to Facebook with you modelling a new product that we'll talk about <laughs> later on. <laughs> he's been so, he's been modelling yes. it for me, listeners. Uh, taking lots of screenshots, uh, so you can maybe I'll uh, post those on the show notes, and you can see uh, see Dad modelling our new set. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun, though. It's, it's fun. Good. They're going to be a great, great boost, Steve, these are. We've been looking for it for a long time, but it's, it's getting the right kind of product. I didn't want a, something that was too expensive. I've, the product itself, the pastel half sticks, I've used them before. And, uh, in fact, I used to take them around workshops with me because they were very inexpensive. And uh, you've got a, a, long, a, a lot of range because normally – one stick of, of a good quality pastel, just one stick, could cost you two or three pounds. Really? One. And now we've got 24 set for, for nine pounds. And this is all we need. If, you're a, if you were a, a hardened soft pastel user, then you probably wouldn't find these that good because you want something a bit more special. But as far as we're concerned, we're adding, we're using those add-ons to the pastel pencil. And even on, in their own right, they're a nice product. Made by Faber-Castell. What, what more do you want? And they are compatible better with the pastel pencil than the soft pastel are. I would still be reserved when I say that I wouldn't necessarily put the, soft, the pastel pencil on top of them. You know, I've been talking about this. Yeah. Um, but you could give it a try. You're more likely to succeed with these than you would do the really soft pastels. So did you, so these are, you just said they, they don't work quite, they, they work differently to the soft pastel. These are soft pastels or are these not? Yeah, they call them soft pastel, but they're harder stick pastels, you know. But they're not I, polychromous hard. N- no, 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 no. In between. No. You've, got, you've got three levels. You've got the pastel pencil and then you've got the polychromos and then you've got the, uh, these and then you've got the soft pastel, the really soft pastel, really oily, the Rembrandt, you know, uh, Sennelier, these and they are they are Unison is another one. These are really soft, uh, and those are the ones that uh, I, I used to use Rembrandt a lot. They're very very messy though. That's the only problem with them. These aren't quite so messy as those. You're still going to get a certain amount of dust with them though. You you can't avoid that. But you do with with the polychromos as well. You get a little bit, you get less dust with them than you would with the soft pastel, and you get less dust with the pastel pencil than you with polychromos. It's all de- de- different degrees. But 
what we're looking for, Steve, is to have a nice rounded look to everything. And I've used the soft pastels, and I know people have probably got them already. If they have, they wouldn't want to buy these. But uh, I think it's it's going to be welcome addition. Good. Excellent. Well, people can buy those. They're on the store now for eight ninety five. Set of twenty four. I've only got ten boxes, Steve. Well, people are going to have to grab them quick. Yeah, but we'll we'll get more in. So if if um, if we do if these go like the color color shapers, the ivory color shapers, we're going to sell out in no time. But don't worry because uh, Faber Castell have got good stock of these, and I can get them. I can get them within a couple of days. So we haven't got a problem. Great. If we, if we are indated, inundated. Great. Okay. Well, then that's the product update. So uh, let's dive yes. on to your questions and feedback. So this week we sent out an email and we weren't quite expecting the reaction that we got from it. It was a, it was a little story rather than send the, the usual newsletter out of, you know, here's all the updates and here's loads of blog posts. We thought we'd tell a little story and people would have heard the story before but perhaps not in the detail that we told it on that particular post mm. and we definitely weren't expecting the the reaction so uh shall i read the the initial email out i think that's a good idea in, in case, case anyone case someone listening didn't receive it they wouldn't know what we're talking about yeah so someone yeah so this this went uh, out uh, on tuesday wednesday and this is your like effectively your story but i'll just read it out because i've got it here when i was a kid there was no television to watch no computer games all we had in those days was the radio drawing i suppose at that time was the only outlet we had from early on i remember drawing anything and everything one particular picture i remember doing at school was of a firework display i did it on dark paper and was using colored chalks i put in a bonfire using a mixture of red and yellow and about a dozen little people I also put fireworks in the sky going off. I couldn't wait for my teacher to come round to me and see what I had done. I was so proud of my achievement and thought, he's really going to like this. When he finally came round, he said, that's rubbish. You'll never be any good at art. I was 11 years old. You can imagine how that made me feel. Not only, uh, it's not only a downright nasty thing to say, but also confidence shattering. Because of this, I was under the impression I was never any good and never would be. Although the experience was traumatic, in the end, it did me a huge favour. Despite this, I continued to draw. When I was in my late 30s, a friend saw some of my drawings and changed my opinion. He said, you know, these really are quite good. I started to reassess my ability and took my pictures off to a professional artist to look at. My passion for drawing had returned. I tried watercolour, pen and ink, acrylic, oil, and then found the one that really spoke to me, pastel pencils. Never did I think that 30 years later I would be showing students all around the world what I have learned and how to draw pictures of their own. It occurred to me how many others have been told the same as me when they were young. Well, let me tell you something. Everyone can draw. The artwork that is shown to me on a daily basis proves it. I don't believe in critiquing, but I do believe in providing positive feedback to help my students grow in confidence. Because of my experience when I was younger, my approach to teaching has become very positive and I'm privileged to be able to inspire others. As of today, I've added the 65th project to my website. I can teach you how to draw this beautiful owl using pastel pencils. Thanks to the wonders of technology, we are not limited to a space on a DVD or time on a TV show. I can show you all the techniques in detail. Three hours to be exact. So, there, you know, the last bit is, is about the owl project, which we can talk about later. But 
yeah. point was the the, the story precursed precursing to that. Um, some you know we we spoke about it. Well, episode two, I think, of this podcast that That's right. uh, that yeah. your teacher yeah. said that way you, way back. Yeah, your teacher said you would never be any good at art, and well. You know, how wrong was he? It seemed crazy. What, what, what uh, has amazed me with the feedback, and we're going to read a few out that uh, we uh, have got in, that so many people had the same experience. Yeah. And how sad is it uh, that, you know, when you, you're a child, particularly when you're a child, you're so impressionable. And when somebody says something, you believe them. And you go on believing them. And when you get older, you can quite shug it off a bit, but you can't shrug it off when you're a child. It stays it's with not you. easy. So I think these people are so wrong, and I I cannot understand the mentality of, of a professional person like that that doesn't see the harm that they're doing. Anyway, enough of that soapbox. Let's get off that. Yes. But, but uh, I, I've been proved right because of all the things, and so I say we're going to read some out. Yeah, let's start with Megan. Megan has replied, Dear Colin, thank you so much for sharing that heartbreaking story. It's terrible that that a teacher could say something so awful to you. People don't realise it takes a 100 pats on the back to erase one negative comment made to a child. I'm sorry that it affected you, but how wonderful that you can now look back on that situation and know you learned from it. And now you are doing just the opposite of what that teacher did. You encourage and teach young and new artists. You took something negative and made it into a positive. Very very true. And uh, thanks, Megan, for that. Um, You know, again, this business of of being a child again, Um, if 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 you have that experience when you're a child my good it, it's it not just it affects you it affects other things you do the confidence is shattered yeah and i for quite a long time after that you know i was quite low i remember it and uh, it took a, quite a lot of getting back when you do something that you're proud of and then someone says it's rubbish that is probably one of the worst things that can happen yeah um, anyway and uh there you go. I don't want to, as I say, I don't want to get on the soapbox, but uh, well, we're about to again. <laughs> I know we are, yeah. yeah. But it's really interesting because these are some. There's a story here we're going to read now. This is from Petro. This is uh, in response to your uh, story, dear Mr. Bradley. It took reading this email to finally send you a mail. I'd been building the courage to send. I currently live in Cape Town, South Africa. Reading your story about the teacher was like reading my own story. Only the difference being I was about seven years old and that teacher drew a red line right through my drawing. I drew some blue flowers and then she shouted at me that it was horrible and that you don't even get blue flowers and then proceeded to draw the red line through it the hop through, through it for the whole classroom to see. I was mortified. Anyway, many years passed by. I kept on drawing but used to hide all my drawings away, afraid anyone would see it and have the same reaction. In my late 20s, my husband and I moved to Cape Town from Johannesburg, and I was in between jobs. One day, a friend of mine invited me to the art class she and her husband were attending in the evenings. Terrified, I tagged along. Afterwards, the art teacher told me to to not stop drawing, and a tiny little fire lit up inside me. I was con- I was content working in watercolors and acrylics for a few years, but something was missing. One day, about eighteen months ago, while recovering from an operation, I took up my coloured pencils and started drawing a small owl. I ended up with four owls and a pink rose painting. Then I discovered your charging bull elephant video on YouTube and my world turned upside down. 
I bought a set of pastel pencils and never looked back. Ever since then, I've watched everything I could find of yours, and I'm sure I must be the greatest admirer of your work. I love the way you teach. You are so confident and so very patient. The other day I came across your website. I'm ashamed to say that I have not yet subscribed, mainly because of the current RAND value. Well, that's, a, again, fantastic email and a fantastic story, but how sad again. Um, In a way, that's probably... Even worse experience than mine. First of all, she was younger when it happened to her. Yeah. And secondly, putting a red line through and destroying your picture is is worse. I, I just cannot imagine the impact that must have made. And it certainly, she goes on to say, Petra goes on to say that uh, it did have quite a difference. But I'm ever so pleased that she's come back. And I've got to tell, and a lot of people will have already seen it, the, she sent me a couple pictures and one of them was of a cat and it was stunning absolutely stunning and we put it on the facebook page so folks check it out check it out and you'll see that uh this is a talent that was hidden away for so long and now thank goodness it's come out and um she she can only look forward she's got a natural talent for pastels anyway it was so um it was so nice to see so thank you very much for that Thanks, so, Petro. Thanks for sharing your story as well. Yeah. Next one we have from Beverly. Hi, Colin. Well, you sure showed your teacher. What a statement. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> what a statement that would have destroyed me. I Actually, I have a cousin who is now in her 50s and was a brilliant budding artist, but her teacher destroyed her. Uh, she stopped drawing and took up hairdressing how some people can make or break you I'm still heading towards joining but I cannot at the moment I look forward to seeing your new patterns warm regards Beverly uh, yeah well thanks again Beverly again destroy somebody and hopefully she will come back to art again you know maybe I don't know how, how old she is but she's taken up hairdressing in a way that's a very, a, another art isn't it yeah uh, so she may well come back to it. Yeah. If you've got it inside you, somehow or other, it, it tends to leak out. Mm. I didn't really start up until I was um, uh, 40, just before 40. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it took that long to, to, for it to happen to me. But when it did... It did. Uh, it did. <laughs> never too late. Yeah, never too late. Great. So the next one, final one here, well, I think you've got another one, but the one here I've got is from Jackie. Hi, Colin. As we are of the same era, I think it was a case of being perfect or being no good. My teacher once sent for my mother to come in and look at my artwork, which was on the wall at at my junior school. My mother took one look, burst out laughing and asked what it was. I've had this all my life as she was a perfectionist. And I must admit that whatever whatever she turned her hand to, she could do. I was taught to knit and crochet at three years old, and from then on, I had to learn various things. But I could only do what she said. Even when I was older and married, she still criticised what I did, and it was still never good enough. I must admit, it got to the point where I just ignored her and pleased myself, otherwise I would have been a wreck. Uh, Good for you. Good for you. That takes a bit of courage, especially when it's your parents. Yeah. Goodness me. I mean, teachers are bad enough, but um, when it's your your parents that... uh, uh, have got that uh, in for you. Well, again, very sad, exactly. very sad. But you know, even, even against all this, uh, the, the, these these bad things, there's a, always a good thing that usually comes from it. In my case, it was uh, I, I 
when I started teaching, I knew that I was never going to be like that teacher was. And I changed my attitude and, uh, you know, we've ended up where we are now. And there's a lot of people in that same situation, but unfortunately there are still a lot of people, especially I, I used to, when I did, used to do the shows, see, used to, I used to guarantee that a dozen people would come up to me during the show saying, you know, my art te teacher told me I was no good and my art sheet rubbish my work. And, but, you know, Crazy. I mean, we're talking about older, older people. We're talking about... Um, you know, uh, local authorities, yeah. art groups, people of mature uh, students. I mean, terrible. <laughs> what? Crazy, crazy. I don't know. Anyway. And you know what? You know, the other sad thing is, Steve, that a, a lot of these teachers, if they were to show you their work, you'd be amazed how rubbish <laughs> it was. Yeah, I can and imagine. I, I, you know, and because I used to say to them, did they ever show you your, uh, their work, Mr. and Mrs., uh, whatever? They said, oh, no, no, we never saw them do anything drawing. They just told us what was wrong with ours. I thought, oh, dear. dear. There you go. There you go. Dear, anyway, dear, 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 dear. you've got one more reply. Here, yeah, Steve. I've got one from, it's from Linda. She says, thank you for your email. My teacher said I'd never be any good at art. That was virtually the thing for me, only that my teacher totally ignored me and the rest of the class, save for a talented few. How true that is. That's happened so many times. Um, to me, that's not her, that's me talking. Carry on. He devoted all his time to these few and left the rest of us to our own devices, which usually meant dodging paint bombs. <laughs> it's only now, many years later, that I look at my drawings and think that maybe there's hope for me yet. Oh, sure is, Linda. Isn't that sad again, though? Hey, a teacher ignored me and the rest of the class to save for a talented few. I bet almost everybody who's listening can relate to that. Yeah. Not necessarily to art, but certainly to other things. Again, professional people, so-called. But it's it's also inspiring because, and this is what people should feel, obviously, with what we're talking about today, is, is how these people are really overcoming it and uh, mm. and, and mm. it should inspire others too. Mm. Do you know, a, a little story, I don't know whether I've ever told you, it's kind of relevant to the way I think now. When I started work, I was a salesman. Uh, in uh, a menswear outfitted shop. That's how I started my apprenticeship. And uh, after a few years, I became quite, uh, you know, a senior salesman. And we had a manager who was a, re a real nasty bit of work. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that as well. And he was so rude to customers. I, we, I couldn't believe when I listened to him talk to them. So what I used to do is I used to jump in before him you know, before you know, when person come through the door, because I didn't want him to serve them. I thought, you know what I mean. Anyway, this went on for quite a long time. He didn't care. You know, he was grateful that someone would, you know, do the job for him. And but I, once again, it, I used to think, you know, if ever I get an opportunity, I'm I'm going to be the opposite of this person. Yeah. And I have strode all my life since then, since what late teens to actually be the other person. Yeah. Isn't it strange? It's, it, these people are actually really good to have it, to, to, to encounter in life because they, are, they show you what you don't want to be like. That's right. It's contrast, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Anyway. That's great. That's a, yeah. That's, 
anyway, yes, enough enough of that. But anyway, I'm really glad that we shared that story because it's brought a lot of people uh, to interact with us and a lot of encouraging comments and and it's really great. So um, we may share some more stories uh, with our newsletters of other things that uh, that have happened. Well, if it prompts that kind of reaction, we, we really must do that. And what's nice about it, folks, that all you people out there and me and you, Steve, are all on the same page. Yeah. That's, that's the important thing. Yeah. That's why it's so successful. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we've got a bit of feedback here from Anne in New Zealand. She says, Hi, Colin. I am enjoying painting the Victorian children. Sharp pencils and lot of patience is order of the, a lot of patience is the order of the day. And to paint to lovely classical music. What's a really good idea that is as well. Oh, yes. It's very Absolutely. relaxing. My husband said it is the best painting I've ever done. And after 60 years of marriage, that is a compliment indeed. <laughs> 60 years of marriage, that is... I am very impressed, Anne. And you're still giving her compliments. That's even better. <laughs> God, you've got it made, Anne. <laughs> Can I understand why 60 years is uh, flown by? Uh, he said, she said it takes a very light touch um, to get the... Is that the tulle in the hat? I don't know how to say that. I don't know. That's a new word. That's a New Zealand word, Steve. Uh, oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> anyway with the hat it takes a very light touch and he did it with excellent taste thank you for a wonderful lesson that's lovely Anne yes and I'm ever so pleased too because when I first looked at those children I thought oh um, I hope um, this is not going to be too difficult but it's proved not to be we've had we've seen a few now and they've come up really really well and so congratulations Congratulations, to Anne and to everyone else that's done that picture so well there's another one on the way Stevie? Is there? Yeah, you don't know about this. I was talking to your sister, Vicky, oh. and uh, we were talking about the Victorian children, and uh, I showed it to her, and she said, oh, you know what I would like? I would like um, a picture of the same era, but a, a lady, you know, one of the... I said, well, funny enough, uh, I, I've been thinking about it, so I'm going to do one. Oh. I'll do one primarily for her, because she has requested it, but um, it'll also go on the member site. So you've got another one coming up, folks. Fantastic. Great, great, great. Good, good. So the next one we have here is Claudia. Now, Claudia has done the Yorkshire Terrier, one of many people that have uh, done the Yorkshire Terrier, and that's proved to be a very popular subject uh, on our member site. She says, hi, Colin. This is my first but not the last attempt at drawing the Yorkshire Terrier. I definitely see the flaws and I made several mistakes in the fur, especially on the chest. I don't think I put enough light as a base and it looks all looks a bit too dark. It didn't come out as soft as it should have. I was tempted to try and raise the pastel off that area, but, but I decided not to as I would have made it worse. I've never tried to draw a dog before, not even with graphite. Somehow I had some sort of an emotional block I can't explain. I fell in love with your version of this adorable little dog, took the courage and gave it a try. I decided to draw him on a larger scale and use the B4 paper. I thought I'd share it with you. Sorry if the picture is not the best. That's that's okay. It's actually come out really well. I I, I was amazed that she said that because I thought it was very good. Yeah. I, I understand what she's saying, though. The fur in the front is tricky. And um, the problem could well be that there wasn't enough initially. There wasn't enough um, light under it. Um, it was a bit fearful because sometimes in one breath I'll say you put, put a lot on, folks, and then in another I say don't put too much on yeah. because it, it weakens the darker colours. 
Uh, but you've got to get the balance right. But it, having said all that, I still think it was a it was a good, very very good effort. And in fact, she sent me a reply because I sent her some words of encouragement. So, shall I read it out? Yeah, yeah, read it out. Hi, Colin and Steve. Thank you for your kind words of encouragement. Yes, I remember how you mentioned a few times during the video how tricky this picture was. To be honest, that was the, one of the reasons why I decided to give it a try. Good for her. <laughs> I always watch the entire tutorials first before I decide to start a po- project. You know, that is a very good way. I do say this. It's always a good idea to run it through. In fact, a couple of times before you actually start. Something. So um, she's got yeah. the right idea there. Anyway, go on. I definitely learned a lot with this project. Looking forward to your podcast tomorrow, Friday mornings. I always listen to the podcast right after my shower. <laughs> right, okay. While I sip my morning coffee, you and Steve have a unique way to brighten the day. Oh, that's lovely. But so does she just dry off and listen to I, us? I'm not sure, Steve. I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to pursue that too much. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how people listen to the show, as long as they're listening. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. Just the fact that you're listening is is compliment enough to us. Uh, uh, We don't care, do we? No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) That's good, that. Um, She said on her original email that she said she had some sort of emotional block. Do you think that's when you you try to tackle a, a picture that you're a bit uncertain or you're a bit, like, never done before? Do you think there is this kind of a bit of mental blocks of thinking or you know the fact that you've got it you're doing something you've not done before yes it 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 used to it doesn't happen anymore but it used to happen to me quite a lot um what i used to do though to get out of it was uh, stop it as soon as i felt it coming on i'd stop it and go and have a cup of tea you know do something different and then come back to it again because when you reach that point it's very difficult to get over it and get out of it at that, when you're in that frame of mind, it's better to come back to it fresh. Yeah. I very often now, if I've got a, if I get to a particular sticking point in a picture and think, <clears throat> I think I'll just give this a, a rest for a while. I go away, come back, and it's altogether different when I come back. I yeah. sail through it. I know what the answers are. I do. It's like a, somehow or other that that rest or relaxation or cup of tea or whatever you've you decided to do to break the monotony or not monotony but you know the, the break the pattern um seems to work and it gives the brain a chance to kick in and fathom it all out for you i don't know why that is and how it works but uh, it does seem to work yeah and with the uh with the yorkshire terrier um how much base do you put down on that because you said sometimes you put down a lot, sometimes you don't put enough base colours. Uh, you do sometimes you need a lot of base colours, and sometimes you don't. With that particular subject, did you need a lot of base colour down first? Well, you've got two it, on the, on the chest area. You've got two distinct tones. You've got the very very dark, which ends up to be black, haven't you? And then you've got the centre area, which is like ochre, light ochre. Now, if you think about First of all, let's, let's work on the black because it's the easier of the two. You can't put black directly on the paper. We know that. You can't. There's no point in putting light grey on the paper because you never get the black to work. So there's only one colour that you can use, and that is a mid-tone. In other words, 273 or 233, depending on what tone you're using. But either of those two are very similar, and that would be the first colour. 
Then you've got a second color you've got to put on. You can't put black directly onto the 273. You've got to put a cushion between the gray and the black, which is 181. Or 175, at again, depending on the tone we're talking about. But that's, at the moment, think uh, 181. So you've got the gray, 273. You've got the 181. And then you put the black on. Now, if you put any colors in between them, you're going you're gonna to spoil the effect of the dark, the black effect at the end. You can put them on afterwards. You can actually add a little bit of gray into it. So that's really... So that's the black, the darker that's areas. The black. That's, that's how to do the black. Now, let's work on the other side. We've got the, the light. If you put too much white on or too much ochre on or too much light, uh, not ochre, ivory, uh, ivory and too much light grey on... You, you can start to pancake. Then, once you put the ochre on, it doesn't register. This happened recently with a, another picture that somebody, I can't remember who sent it to me, with the white, the, uh, the kitten, the course of ours, the free course, yeah. the kitten. Um, but that was too much base colour. You see? That, uh, uh, what it did, it created a pancake on the pastel paper so when the darker colors go on they just weaken where's your happy medium uh, this is what you're going to say to me so okay so what i would do is i would put white on and if it was going to end up being white or just off white i would really put it on strong because it has to establish itself if on the other hand you're looking at something like ochre then i would then probably wouldn't put white at all or if I did, it would be very light, I'd put ivory on. And then it would only be enough ivory so that when the ochre goes on, it registers the colour that you're actually looking for. Now, you could do this off the... You could do this on some spare paper before you start. Do exactly what I've just told you on spare paper first, and you will see that if you put too much white or too much ivory and, and you pancake it on and put the ochre on, it'll go weak. When you say pancaking or pancakes, it's like laying it on too much. Yeah, too much layers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pancaking is—it's a sort of term really used when you just cake uh, it on, one after the other after the other, and you end up with a load of it. Gotcha. Um, It's a bit like, I suppose. um, I you know used to I used to say not that I have any experiences. I might add straight away. Of uh, when women put makeup on. <laughs> I knew you were going to say thought, that. Yeah, you knew I was going to say that. <laughs> but I used, to, I used to talk about this when I was at shows because you had a lot of ladies and they understood what I was talking about. If you, put a, if you put a load of foundation on, which you've got to do before you put your rouge on. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about, folks. But anyway, <laughs> You don't sound like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, um, before, you, before you put all that on, if you put too much... Of your, of your foundation on, then the, um, the, all the rouge and all the other colours. <laughs> I really don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> We've somehow gone anyway, from faster no, pencil base colours to... I'm going to get to the end of this. <laughs> it, will, it will weaken it and it will look absolutely awful and you won't want to go in. I, I certainly wouldn't want to take anybody out looking like that. On the other hand, if you just put just enough on and then you put the colour, the colour that goes on top, the rouge that goes on top is going to look 
pretty good. This, this is a this is a full service this week. We've, oh, we've know, moved on she? from pastel pencils to makeup. So if anybody out there has got any makeup problems, <laughs> perhaps you could just email me. <laughs> Brilliant. That's... I won't solve them, but we'll have a bloody good laugh, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't take the advice either. Oh, no. <laughs> Not after that exhibition. Yeah. Now, now I've, I've, I've watched my wife, and I know I know what she does. And uh, You've learned you know, from the best, yeah. She, she, yes. So she does it right. Okay, good. <laughs> I just want to mention this last one quickly before we sign off. Um, Juliet uh, wrote to us um, and she said, I've just down- it, it prompted me to mention something. So she said, I've just downloaded the exercise for portraits, which incidentally I find excellent. I was amazed at the number of colours you used, but I am very new to this medium. How can I find out the correct names for the pencils, which only have a number? So recently we've been working with our suppliers to get a, better colour chart uh, reference sheet uh, for the Faber-Castell-Pitt range. And we've now put that up on our website, on our Facebook page and on the art store uh, under the, the individual set of uh, colours. So if you want a, a reference sheet, high resolution reference sheet with all the colour numbers and the colours on, then head over to either of those places to grab it download it print it off if you want stick it stick it on your wall or have it handy when you're doing your artwork it's uh, hopefully going to be a good reference it's a, it's, it's a great it's a great uh, innovation yeah i think it will work for people oh i'm sure it will anyway good all right let's uh call it a day there i think that's uh, everything we, we want to talk about this week we didn't tell you didn't talk about the owl Oh, the owl. Yes. Well, the owl has been, uh, there is a blog post I think I've done on this. Um, but it's, yes, the owl is now available to members. So, uh, watch the tutorial. There's some bits in there that you did and then changed at a later stage, but the techniques are really interesting to watch. So we've left them in, mm. uh, you, you adjusted the composition towards the end of the picture, which made it look better. And that's the reference picture that we've provided and people should follow that. But there's some techniques about halfway through that you, you use for shattering the bottom of the picture and then blending it with the ivory shape. And there's some really good things in there that we've left in, in case people want to do that or, you know, use those techniques on other pictures. Absolutely. You know, when I started the owl, I had that little bit of problem. How much do I actually show below the head? And, I kind of thought, I know what I'll do. I'll use that shattering effect that I did on the Hungarian pieces. Pieces, yeah. And I thought it would work. Anyway, so I left enough room for it. When I started doing it, it just didn't really, it, it was okay, but it didn't really register with me. So by the time I got to the end of that, I thought, no, I don't know. Uh, so I, I cut, I basically chopped the about an inch and a half off the bottom. Yeah. Which actually made it much, much more, much better. So you're quite Maybe. right. Maybe. Uh, but it, it's nice for people to see that it, at the beginning of a project like that, you never really know exactly how it's going to turn out. Yeah. This is the great thing about um, the, the lengthy videos that, you, that are on there because you're not limited by space, are we? We just, we just uh, carry on and show yeah. everything, even if, we don't, if you don't end up using it. It's still good techniques there. Mm. So, oh, I totally agree with you, and uh, long may it continue as well. We've got some really great projects going up. Uh, you don't want me to talk too much about them, do you? At the moment, no, 
No. All right. I won't then. <laughs> <laughs> not, not just yet. Not just yet. I get very enthusiastic about it, you know, with all these these new ideas we get in. and um, uh, But I would talk about, perhaps a bit talk about them next week. Yeah, we'll talk, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk some uh, talk some new new projects next next week. Yeah, that's what we do. So look forward to that, folks. Good. You remember, Steve said that to me. Now, okay, he's told me <laughs> I can do that, so I, I don't get told. You have permission. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right then. So that's it for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Steve Bradley, and I'm Capone Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.